Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the pro sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like GM, VP of Corporate Partnerships, and Director of Sales. Join me each week as I interview women in the sports industry to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the next level faster. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because diverse leadership helps your bottom line. We are 35% more likely to outperform the competition. How can we improve this stat? It's easy. Visibility. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I'm here as your host to bring visibility to women who are crushing it in the sports industry. Join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Amy LaLiberty, finance expert and virtual CFO, is on the podcast today to shed some light on money mindset, business finance, and personal finance. In her words, your mindset around money is everything. Are you living in scarcity or abundance? When dealing with clients, are you all in on what you are selling and the experience you are describing, or are you worrying about the money on their behalf? You've got to hear what Amy has to say on these topics. Amy digs in and gives such great advice on how to manage your business budget, whether you created it or inherited it. She'll also talk about personal finances and give us a breakdown on how we can make decisions about our money. It's January, and this is a must-listen episode for any time of year, but especially now. What if we got our finances right from month one? Where would we be in December? I'll tell you my goal. An iPhone full of incredible photos of fun and a bank account, savings account, and investment account full of money. Oh, and I also ate well. Those are my priorities. What are yours? Let's be leaders in another area of our life. Finance. Let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Amy LaLiberty. We are so thrilled to have you. You are the virtual CFO, and we've got you on the podcast today because it's January, and like we were discussing before I hit record, there is never a bad time to get a handle on your finances, but specifically January is a great way to do so to start out your year on the right foot. So we're going to talk about personal finance, business finance, finance for entrepreneurs. Amy's going to give some amazing advice. I'm so excited to have you. So I'm going to kick it to you to tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, Emily. It's great to be here. And my name is Amy LaLiberty and I help business owners create a relationship with money. Now, 
I am a virtual CFO. I do bookkeeping. So the relationship with money might be like, how does that all fit in? Well, when you are in relationship with your finances, um, in your business finances, you are someone who is either doing their bookkeeping or having it done. You are doing for, for, forecasting or having someone support you in that capacity. And you're working on your mindset around money because collectively all of those things, both the action items and the mindset and the growth mindset is what creates any financial result that you desire, whether it is in business or in your personal life. Talk a little bit more about the mindset around mm -hmm. money, because yeah. this is, it's an interesting topic. And, you know, for me specifically, um, I feel like for a lot of my life, I had the mindset of lack. I grew mm -hmm. up with the hustle mentality, you know, in my mm -hmm. family um, and penny saved is a penny earned uh, type mm -hmm. moniker. So let's, let's talk about that mindset and how do we get into a growth mindset about money? Yeah, absolutely. So um, similar backstory for me, I grew up a uh, middle-class blue collar family um, and, you know, it's all about the work and, you know, earning the money and working really hard to earn the money. And also, um, you know, money comes in and then it goes out. And I've always grew up with a fascination around money and how it's transacted and how it's created. And um, for me, where I started to see where the opportunity for growth was, was when I was faced at 18 with having to pay for my own college education. And so that was sort of my moment where I realized that it wasn't just about making money, but it was really also like digging into the mindset of it. And as someone who was a, um, a swimmer, a competitive swimmer and, a, and an athlete, I realized that a lot of the mindset work that I had to compete also played into having the relationship with money. And so understanding the money story that you have from your upbringing plays such a critical role as when you're becoming an adult, when you're becoming a professional, when you are starting your own business and having the awareness around what your thoughts are about money is so critical because the, what you think is going to create the feelings that will drive your action or inaction, and it will create your results in life. That is how the mindset works. And if you're able to start to really question any thoughts that don't serve you, and also examine the feelings and process the feelings that you have about those thoughts, that is where the invitation for transformation is available. And I work with my clients to help really raise their awareness around money. If you're someone who has experience with money trauma um, and you've had experience around, you know, whether it's like bankruptcy or, you know, losing everything, of course, whenever it comes to starting and having money and creating money, those, those thoughts and those experiences are going to arrive and show up. And it's really the opportunity to examine, like, what are we making that mean in this moment? And do we want those thoughts to continue with us? And really just, it's a daily work mindset, money mindset work is a daily habit. And it's not something that takes a lot of time. To, to do, but really just raising your awareness around your thoughts about money is really the invitation for the transformation with the relationship. And how does that transformation begin? As you were talking, I was thinking back to, oh gosh, it was probably like 12 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And I was sitting um, with my, well, I guess we weren't married yet, but my fiance and we were going through different finances and different investments and, um, and what, where of my minuscule <laughs> salary at the time was going to go where, and I had like, I think it was practically a nervous breakdown. I was just, I got so upset and then so like angry and like looking back now and uh, looking back probably a short time after that, the anger was coming from the lack and like where, how could I get to this next point if I didn't have what I needed or felt like I needed at that time. And it was this like spiral effect. So I think I became aware at that time and and my awareness was definitely rising. What are the steps after that point to get to um, a mindset of abundance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. I think the first thing that is one of the points of resistance that I have found in all of my years of working with money is the thought or that the fact is that money is neutral. It really is. And I know that if I said $500,000, you and I will have two different thoughts about that amount of money. And so like, that's the evidence that that number is neutral. It's our thoughts about that number is what really starts to drive everything forward. And so in terms of, if you are someone who goes to their bank account and sees negative $500 in your checking account, you might have a thought of, oh my gosh, I have no money. And then it, you know, you have scarcity. And then what are the things that you do and you don't do for it, right? So you can see how it plays out. Or you could be someone who has negative $500 and are like, oh, oops, I forgot. I need to transfer money and that. So it's really the, it's, it's really starting to understand that money is neutral. And so like whether or not your, your mindset is around scarcity or abundance, that's, that's the invitation for you to like, why, why is it that you are unfamiliar with an abundant mindset? And again, it really starts to play through like unpacking, like, what's the story? I have no money. Well, is that true? Like, is it true that you have no money? Like, and really like, again, really poking holes at it and then just believing that there is a, um, the money has nothing to do with your worthiness, has nothing to do with your lovability, has nothing to do with you being enough because those are all your birthrights as a human. And I think what often happens is when people are in a scarcity mindset, they're thinking that somehow their worth as in like their self-worth is, is tied to their bank account. They think that their ability to have love and to experience love is somehow built into what's in their money and whether or not they are enough as a, like a person in the world or a person in a relationship has something to do with the money. And it absolutely doesn't like that is like all intact always. And the money is completely neutral. And when we start to really start to build, like understand that there's a line and a divide there, that's where the, the, the shift from scarcity steps into abundance. And I, money is neutral. Like that is, it's such a succinct way to put it. And during your um, explanation, it was reminding me as well in the, in the sports industry, when we're in a sales role and you might not be making enough money to afford courtside seats 
but you're calling on a company and asking them to spend tens of thousands of dollars on tickets or a large company to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a partnership. And that mindset could be really challenging for you as an individual to like wrap your head around because it's something that you couldn't afford. So do you have any tips for, um, for people who might be in that situation where they're asking for big dollars, Mm -hmm. but they might not have the, um, that sort of abundance mindset around that's something uh, somebody else could do. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I think what it really is about is do you believe in the transformation that you will, that you are offering to the corporation, the individual in having that experience at courtside? Do you believe in that experience so much that it is, it is not about how much it costs. It's about the experience that you're selling. The number is just sort of secondary. It's really like, are you all in on expressing how that person can have the experience that they want to have for maybe themselves or for their clients, can you express that in a way that makes it like, it doesn't matter if you can afford it as an individual, it's the transformation and really stepping into the belief that what you have to offer in terms of that package is something that's like a no brainer. Like, of course, you're going to want to be courtside. Who wouldn't want to be courtside? Isn't this the most amazing thing? And really stepping into that belief, but whether or not you can afford it or not is not part of, of what you're doing in that role. You are selling an experience on behalf of the company that hired you to do so. I love that. It doesn't matter if you can afford it and you got to go all in on selling the experience. That is amazing, amazing advice. So we have a lot of new managers that are listening and along with management comes budget management. Mm-hmm. What advice can you lend to individuals who are managing a budget for the first time for their company? Yeah. So I'm going to answer it in two ways. The first way is if you are a, um, person who has taken over a budget that you have not created and that you are just new management, here's the budget, you know, enjoy, versus someone who is the person establishing the budget and then going to execute the budget. So those are the two different ways I'm going to answer it. For someone who is inheriting a budget, the first thing is, is really understanding what are the lines in the budget that you're responsible for? And also what has the money that has been paid to date on those expense slides? Do you understand what they were for? And and if there's a variance left in the budget, do you have a plan? And are you willing to create a plan around how that's going to get spent? So it's really just asking very simple uh, questions of understanding what is in that, that those expense lines and how does that all flow down to the bottom, as well as on the revenue side. If you are someone who also is on a sales side and is responsible for revenue generation, making sure you understand what the budget plan was in place and whether or not, if you're not at those points right now, do you have a plan? Do you know why those, those revenue dollars have not been made and whether or not there's a plan in place to make that happen? So those are just like really getting curious. I mean, it's, it's like both times, Entering with an eye of curiosity and a thought of curiosity is really going to be important so that you fully understand the numbers and the finances of it. Because there's other ways that if you are someone who's taking in, taking responsibility for a budget, there could be other ways that you can create um, uh, expense uh, 
cuts in order to save money for the business if there's other ways that you can create those results without having to spend that money. So if you're someone who is creating a budget from scratch, it's really sitting down. And I think a lot of business owners, a lot of managers probably was, were doing this like in the last 90 days of 2021, but what are the results we're trying to create? What are the objectives of the department that I'm overseeing? And how do I, from a financial lens, how am I going to create that? And, and starting to build that out. Some of the numbers, if they're in management or if they're working for a larger company, there's probably like historical data that will provide like sort of that framework for it. So it's not like you're starting with a blank canvas. You're going to have information available to do that. So then really just building out the budget of how do I create these results? How do I, like, what are my objectives? Is it to raise revenue? Um, and if we need to raise, if we're in a growth cycle, like, do we have the expense there to support that? Do we know if we're going to have a profit at the end of the year as a result of managing this budget, or are we going to have a loss and just planning ahead of time so that there's no surprises along it, uh, along the way. So it's really just understanding how's the money coming in and how's it going out? And am I all in on this entire plan from a financial perspective? And can I create that result? Not from like a finance, like from a financial perspective, but do I have the team in place to create those results? Great points, great points. And, and separate from the spreadsheet that you're managing for your workplace, we've got the personal budget management. As we start our careers, we need help managing a small budget. Um, we're typically not making that much money. So what tips do you have for employees that are beginning their career and not making a lot of money? Yeah. So, um, this is such an interesting question because I remember my first job out of college, which is not a lot of money at all, but I thought I hit the jackpot. I was like, what? I have all this money. No, not so much. Now I think back, I'm like, oh, I'm so like that 21 version, 20 year old version of me was so cute. So, um, yeah, I think it's really about like, if you know, like, what are your priorities? And I think that the part of it is, is that I, I feel like there's a lot of information available out there that says that you should have a budget and that you shouldn't do things like have fun and, you know, you should really save money and, you know, pay down debt and do all these things. And so would I, before you start putting numbers attached to it, it's like, what is the, what does your intentional life look like? What are your top personal values? And what does like, and, and really start to like, un, like, like really dive into that. Because if one of your um, values is having fun, then I want to make sure that you have in your budget money available to have fun. If it, if one of your um, if one of your goals is to create is to have a down payment on a house, then like again, if you set the like, what are my goals and objectives, and then like let's build a framework around it then like we can go from there. So then if we know that you have like, how much money do you bring in every year or every month? We know that you've got X number of dollars and then you can just like simply just start plugging in the numbers. And are there other things, if there's a gap at the end, let's say that you bring in $5,000 a month and you've got $5,250 in expenses. So obviously there's a $250 gap that you have to fill there. So then it becomes like, how can I create that $250? Is there something else I can do to create that revenue? Or is there something that I'm willing to like 
get creative with in terms of like, maybe it's not that you, um, I don't know, um, you know, maybe you, you intentionally decide that you're, you're going to change the way that you're paying down credit card debt, because you really are putting, having fun ahead of that. And you love all your reasons for it. So it's really just looking at the numbers and saying, can I make this work? Because it's not about what it's really about with budgeting is making decisions ahead of time so that you can intentionally move forward and not feel like, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? Or what, what are my decisions? Like, no, if you make the budget and you make those decisions ahead of time, all you're doing is on letting reality unfold in front of you based on those intentions that you set. I love how you put that. I've got to restate it. Budgeting equals making decisions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so simplified, but it's, it's so perfect in, you know, when you're looking at the budget for your company, you made those decisions at the, you know, end of year prior for mm-hmm. that next year, stick to the plan. You can do that with your personal finances as well. So during a given year, we could experience something really exciting, which is a promotion or a raise um, or a new job that comes with more compensation. How does that budget management change? And do you have advice for taking advantage of earning more? Yeah. So when it comes to, to personal finance, I think that you can look at it from like you, the, the way that you've said it, where it's like, okay, promotion, like more money coming in. And you can also look at it from a standpoint of like, maybe you've lost a job or something like that. So like either scenario could happen. And it's really, again, when you make decisions ahead of time, if you are intentionally, like if you're sitting down and saying, you know what, I'm feeling like I'm going to have a promotion this year. If I were to have a, and I think that this will end up yielding a, you know, an increase in my compensation of, of $200 a month. I'm just trying to get like simple numbers. And it's like, what would be the decisions and what are the priorities that you currently don't have on the budget? That would be the things that you would, you would put in if you had more money available to, to, to utilize. So there's some where I I love the idea. I'm like, I'm like a really like I don't want to say boring, but like uber responsible person that I was like saving for retirement from like the very beginning. And so I am, so I always love and recommend that putting money away for the future is always really helpful and recommended in my world. And so again, I think when I said before, having a relationship with money, it's really unpacking, like, what are the priorities is saving for the future important to you? So putting money into a a 401k or whatever the retirement plan is. Like making sure that that becomes a priority if you come into two additional funds would definitely be something. And also like, what are the upgrades in your life that you currently would love to upgrade to? So if you received a promotion and let's say the place that you're living in now is no longer like part of that, that concept, that self-concept that you have as someone in this promotion, you know, what does that look like in sort of a new place that you're living and really just like living in a space of like, what if, and dreaming big, just so that when the time comes, because inevitably there will be promotions that are going to come in. There's going to be opportunities for you to make more money. And when that does happen, you already are like in the mix of like, I've already done this thought work before. Like I already kind of know what my priorities are. Let me check in with that. Is that still, are those still my priorities or have they changed? And then just like going from there. But again, 
it always comes back to just making decisions ahead of time and really always being in a relationship with yourself of like, what are my values? What is important to me? What are the priorities? And then adding the dollars, like the financial side of it into it after you've established what those priorities are. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic advice. And do you recommend percentages? Mm-hmm. Are we looking at what we're taking in and saying, okay, the fun category gets X percent, the future home purchase gets X percent. Is that how we should be looking at our take home? Yeah. So, um, I am, uh, a certified profit first professional. And so it's a book written by Mike Michalowicz. I would recommend reading it. Um, regardless if you're someone who's in business management, overseeing finances or not. And basically it's a cash flow management system. The whole like perspective of the book is based off of like being a business owner, but I totally think and have seen it apply in your personal life. And so if we're looking at somebody who has, who's making $250,000 a year or under, then using a profit first mindset here, I would say, you would have the following breakdown, like 5% would be towards some sort of like fun project, like in business, it would be profit. I would say fun, whatever it is that you want to do in terms of like that sort of like no strings attached, just like have that set aside. Like 5% would be a a portion that I would put in. I would take, um, I would take 50% goes into like in, I would say like a a living expense type thing. So like, how do you build out a budget with 50% of that um, going in? 15% of it would go into taxes, which again, you kind of already have that built in. If you're working for someone because you've got, you know, the W-2, they're already taking taxes out for you. And then the leftover 35% really becomes the invitation of like, what are the priorities that you're doing? Do you, is 50% of your take-home pay enough to create the the living uh, situation that you, that feels most aligning for you? And if it doesn't, then like take that other 35% and start folding it into that. Is there portions of your, um, of your lifestyle that you want to save for, for the future? So, you know, like a house, kids, if you're a business owner, you know, if you're, if you're a woman and, um, maternity leave, I mean, that is something that's super important to consider. Yes. (laughs) So like really just like playing with the numbers in that regard is going to be super helpful, but then also understanding that if you have a baseline of what your expenses are, and then you apply those percentages and you find that there's some gaps, it really becomes an invitation to say, okay, do I like all my decisions or do I want to make some adjustments? But I view anything in return, like in regards to money is sort of this like living and breathing, uh, like ecosystem that you are going to make changes. You know, sometimes I remember years ago, I never could imagine not going to Starbucks every day, never. And now like, I don't go, I go like once a month, if that, And I mean, circumstances have changed and everything, but again, like it's, it's to understand that as you step into your future self, your priorities are going to shift what you, what you find is fun and how you define fun is going to shift, but be all in for that unfolding and just adapt your budget to that.
leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Leadership is Female, we are so excited to welcome Mobot as a brand partner. We use and love this product and know you will too. Mobot is a female-founded and led company that has promised to do things differently, from the core philosophy of sustainability and helping people feel good to the holistic approach of healing and creating movement around daily recovery and wellness, Mobot is the best. Mobot is a revolutionary fitness product and was the first to patent the combined high-performance travel foam roller, and reusable, environmentally sustainable water bottle. Unique and recognizable, Mobot's proprietary technology is designed to be both impressive in form and function, not to mention beautiful and easy to carry. Order your Mobot today and use the code, all one word, leadership is female for 15% off. Visit Mobot.com today to get your Mobot water bottle. Visit Mobot.com. I love that. And I, I also have to mention, because you did say about savings, if you're working for a company, it's likely there's a 401k and it's likely that there's a match mm-hmm. and you should be putting in some percentage of, of your pay into that. Even if you are just starting out and making what feels like nothing, I promise you that nothing will turn into something and you'll be kicking yourself on your 30th birthday when you haven't started investing because those what feel like pennies really turn into like tens of thousands of dollars in a very short amount of time. Absolutely. It's like the beauty of compound interest for sure. Yeah. And and I would go one step further that if your um if your company has a match, whatever the max amount is for to to uh to secure that match, I would hundred percent do yep. because it will be so critical. I mean, I'm 43 and, um, and we are like fully funded to retire. I can retire at 53 and my husband's 55 and it's, you know, and I think that there's a lot of empowerment that comes in that because it's like, I, I have enough 
for the rest of my life saved because of the decisions that the 20 year, 21 year old version of me made back then. How amazing is that? Yeah. Um, that's amazing, Amy. And I'll, I'll share candidly here. My first real job, my salary was $36,000 a year and I put it the max. So I put in 6% of my salary, um, because at 6% would create a 3% match by the company. And it was a very small amount of money to, invest, but felt like a lot of money at the time because I was living in Chicago. Like my expenses were super high, but a couple years in, you know, I have like $40,000. It felt like appeared out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So every time I've hired somebody brand new, I really try to reiterate to them like, Hey, the company is going to match at this percentage. You need to be investing in this, you're 22 years old. Like I just trust me, like, mm-hmm. look at me like the old person. You probably think I am in my late <laughs> 30s, even though I don't feel old No, but when you're 22, I'm probably very old to you, but right. yeah, listen, listen to this advice. So definitely yeah. happy to hammer that home today for, for our younger listeners. Um, and, and want to touch on this too. What are some of the key mistakes that people are making when they're managing their money? I think not managing their money is the biggest thing. I think that there is this, you know, oh, the money's coming in and I'm going to check the bank account. It's going to go out and all's well. And it's really not taking the time and creating that date around looking at your money and managing it and making sure that in fact, all the transactions that you have that went out of your accounts are in fact transactions that you have made. And, um, so it's, it's that, so like not maintaining it. And then the other part of it is, is like not creating the intention behind it, like making the decisions ahead of time. And because they feel like a budget is, is restrictive and it's really not, it's really, it, it allows a level of constraint, but constraint that you've defined, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and then the other thing is that if, as as people make more money or like in couples in, in, you know, partnerships, what I have found also happens is that there's almost this abdication of responsibility to the other partner. If you're not the person managing the money, the other partner is. And so there's this disconnect of the relationship and not knowing how the money's working. And so, I mean, maybe that's more like the first one with the mismanagement, but like in a partnership, if you're like, Oh, my, my partner has it, no big deal. Um, it is a big deal because you should also like, it's a partnership and, and, and families, I think are very much like businesses. And like, even if you're single, you are a family of one, you, and, and this is still like your business of your life. And you a hundred percent are worthy of sitting down for even 10 minutes a week, just to look at your, like what's coming in and what's going out. If you don't want to do like a Uh, a financial management tool, if that's not where you are right now, just sitting down and creating the attention to look at the account, you know, start doing that and like baby step into like, okay, I'm going to categorize and do all those like really fun, exciting, nerdy things that I love to do. Um, But yeah, I would say that it's just like the not an avoiding relationship with money. So when we're living these really busy lives and have crazy schedules, 
Do you have any tips for making this a priority? Are there any hacks to uh, better money management that you can share? Yeah, so I feel like we live in a world that technology is, is leverage is for us to create systems and automation in our life. And so when it comes to like using financial software, you can use, I mean, there's free tools out there, there's paid tools out there. And for better or for worse, if you're commuting somewhere or if you are waiting for something, just having that app on your phone and being able to do the categorization, I think that there's a thought that it's gonna take forever to do. And so therefore I don't wanna do it. But with, the, with technology, there's a lot of automation that if you get it set up properly, there's a lot of automation that can happen. And all you're doing is just reviewing the numbers in a really quick way. And so it's really just finding a software that works for you and creating the time. If you're not interested in sitting down one night a week and looking at your finances for 20 minutes, if that is not on the table of interest for you, then like just having a, like when I am waiting for my, you know, um, Metro to arrive, I'm going to do this. Or, you know, when I'm waiting for my doctor to, to come in, I'm going to do this and just find that the spaces of time where you have nothing to do than wait, that's the opportunity to, and like it or not, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities of that, that present themselves. But I love the idea of building towards, I'm going to set 20 minutes aside, even if it's like, you spend 18 minutes in complete resistance. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Even if like that's 18 minutes and two minutes as you looking at the account, that's progress. I got one. When you are going to open Instagram, open <laughs> yeah. your finance app instead. Yeah. I mean, we can put up all the roadblocks and excuses in the world, but you know, it's just, it's, it's do it and get it done. And ma making it that making that a priority. So we talked a little bit about the word app. Are there any specific tools that you recommend that people use? Yeah. So, um, in terms of personal finance, I really like YNAB, which is Y N A B, and it's you need a budget. There's also Mint. There's also um, I've seen per, uh, people use wave which is a free app it's mostly for like businesses but like you can like make it work for yourself personally um and um and also if you have if you are banking with a like major banking institution like your chases or and if you have a credit card with like an american express you can actually tag your transactions to specific areas and therefore like even not even have a system outside of itself just have it tracked in that way so that you can then pull the data and see where you're, where your spending is happening. Um, and so I think any of those would work really well, but ultimately, um, and then if you're someone who's like, you know what, I'm just gonna do a spreadsheet because that's what I do, then just pull the transaction through. And if you're someone who's like a Google Sheets wizard or an Excel wizard, you can you know do lots of different tricks and stuff and maintain that. But it's like whatever works for you and whatever is going to invite you to take any sort of step towards looking at your finances, like those are the ways to do it. So you mentioned credit cards. There's a mm -hmm. lot of 
thoughts around credit cards. Can you shine some light on your, your thoughts about credit cards, um, why you think they're good or bad, and then how does someone select the right credit card for them? Yeah. So, um, I, so I've, I started off with saying, I help business owners create a relationship with money. And so when it comes to debt, which is credit cards, um, that's part of the relationship. So, and if you are someone who like buffers when they are trying to avoid negative emotion and the way that you buffer is with like spending, then if you're someone who identifies as that, then credit cards may not be the best thing for you because on the other side of that overspending retail therapy situation, there's probably going to be another wave of shame and guilt that might then like spawn another round of it. So it's really like how, like, where are you in terms of like, do you use shopping as a way to um, soothe negative emotions? And so like, that would be, I think a solid question for you to ask yourself um, in terms of that. And if the answer is like, I have been known to like overspend and to create credit card debt and to do all the things, then I would say you probably wanna keep away from credit cards if you have bigger financial goals that you wanna do. Like if you wanna save for a house and you're someone who identifies as, uh, uses retail therapy, retail as a way of therapy, then like, I probably wouldn't do a credit card. So, but if you're someone who is like, I use a credit card and I pay it off every month, or I use a credit card and I leverage it in order to grow and scale during periods of like business growth or even personal growth, then I think credit cards are great. I think that there's a lot of reward programs that you can leverage. And there's so many different um, ways for you to leverage credit cards in a way to kind of like help elevate um, your, your lifestyle. But again, it's really about how do you feel about debt? It all comes back to the mindset is that, you know, like, what are your thoughts around debt and how do you respond to negative emotion? And if overspending is part of that response, then, you know, maybe it's something where it's like, I don't spend, I, I don't have a credit card. I only have like what I have in my checking account is what I have, but it's really a personal preference. But what I will tell you is that overspending will keep you from creating your goals. And that is a that is a previous version of yourself that if you are a the future self that you are stepping into, I think you need to think about who she is and what she does and then make a decision from there. I love that. So this show is a lot about personal development and learning mm -hmm. from successful women, which you are Amy, and we're so happy you're here today. So while we have you, can you tell us about a hurdle that you've had to overcome in your life or career? Yeah. So um, I think when it comes to money, so I, I alluded to this a little bit um, at the beginning of our conversation, and it was about um, always like wanting to create money working. I, you know, I've always loved to generate money through work and through hustle. And, um, and so when I was 18, I learned that I was going to have to pay for my college education. And I realized that that was a huge responsibility and, um, and I didn't do well. And I, and, you know, I, um, I was an emotional spender. And so I racked up credit card debt 
And, um, and I was paying for my own college education. And what I learned from that was like, I made that conscious decision of like, this is no longer how I operate. I don't carry credit card debt at all. Um, and that's an intentional decision. And, but I always thought that I needed to work harder in order to make more money as well. And I have learned that if you make, um, you know, I used to think like when I was younger, I want to make $50,000. And once I get paid $50,000, then fill in the blank. And ultimately what I have found is that, um, is that you would hit that milestone and you would still feel the same way. So then I would just decide, okay, once I make $75,000, then it's all going to be there. I will have arrived. That happens. Nope. When I hit six figures, then that's the moment that happened. And what I finally realized was that I was chasing something and I was thinking that it was about the money when it was really never about that. And it was really about examining like my worth and really attaching what I made as like, if I make more money, then I'm more like that I'm more worthy, but I'm always worthy. And really stepping into that belief is like the most transformational thing. Um, but also like that hurdle of like the paycheck defining me is like the, the hurdle that I had to, I spent, I mean, I'm 43. I've had my business for five years. I mean, that is like a hurdle that I have, like, I still even, I find myself trying to like, oh, there you are hurdle again and not chasing um, clients for the purposes of like, if I hit seven figures, then I'll be this, like, like really defining what's enough and being really good about having the intention behind it. I think that's going to hit home so hard for everybody. Um, so thank you so much for, for sharing that. And Amy, I need you to finish the sentence. The future mm -hmm. of women in business is. It's everything women. We need more women in business. We need more women in places of leadership because women having a seat at the table, all the tables on all the levels is what will create the transformation that our world needs right now. I love it. Okay, final four questions. Mm -hmm. What's one piece of advice you'd give women today to help them level up tomorrow? The person, the future version of yourself is ready for you to take just one step towards her. So having the bravery to just do the one thing will get you one step closer to her. And where are you going to travel next? Oh my God. <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio is where I'm traveling next, next weekend. Um, I have two girls, two daughters who play volleyball and we are heading there for a tournament. I wish I was saying somewhere else, more exciting, like. Okay. So Europe. if you could pick anywhere <laughs> to go next oh weekend, gosh. where would you go? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Perfect. I would probably go to, I'm fascinated with going to Lisbon, Portugal. I feel like that would be the most amazing place. It just got such this like fantastic vibe that I just in my heart think that I will eventually see it in real life. Yes. That sounds awesome. And uh, what's your pump up song? You're okay. landing in Lisbon, Portugal. What, mm -hmm. what are you playing on those headphones? Okay. So I am a diehard Pearl Jam 
fan, like the 90s grunge band from Seattle for anyone who is young here. That was like my, my thing. It is still my thing. I've gone to lots of shows over the years. And um, so any Pearl Jam song will do, but my favorite one to hear live would be um, Corduroy. And so it would be Corduroy by Pearl Jam. Love it. And finally, our favorite question on the Leadership is Female podcast. What is your favorite quote? Okay. So it is not by a female, but it's a Pearl Jam quote. And so there is a song. It's on the Riot Act album for Pearl Jam. The song is called I Am Mine, M-I-N-E. And it goes like this. It says, I know I was born and I know I will die the in-between is mine. I am mine. And so that quote is everything. It's really about the in-between. And that is the part that you have full agency over. So the invitation I always take is like, this is my time. Okay. Full body goosebumps on that one. It is so, so, so powerful. Amy, you've been so amazing. Where can we follow along with you? Where can we engage with you? Potentially, where can we hire you to continue to help us with our finances? Yeah, so my virtual space in the world is myvirtualcfo.co. And um, I am, I have an Instagram handle at myvirtualcfo. And I, um, you know, definitely do a lot of interacting on there and we'll be creating greater consistency and posting there. So please check me out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your voice, and your expertise with the Leadership is Female podcast. And uh, we will be certain to follow along with you and all your success. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Emily. It was great to be here. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, your mindset around money is everything. Are you living in scarcity or abundance? Number two, money is neutral. Number three, the biggest mistake you are making is not managing your money. Get curious about your finances. And number four, the future version of yourself is ready for you to take the next step. So do it for her. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.